Welcome to the Debbie Big Board, part of the Rookie Big Board Network. I am your host, Skip Newton. Joining me is my co-host, Matt Cooper. Matt, I got to get a quick reaction from you since it just dropped the NFL news. We're recording this on Wednesday evening. Cam Akers to the Minnesota Vikings. Does that do anything for you, both for Cam Akers or Madison? What do you what do you think out of this? No, those are two guys that I was out on, and now I'm just even more out on them. Uh, I think they're both replacement-level running backs. Now they've got to share the backfield with each other. Uh, I've been trying to tell everybody to sell Cam Akers for years now, and people wouldn't listen, and here we are. So, uh, no, and I don't think – I mean, I saw it was a 2026 swap, but I didn't see what round, so it doesn't seem like the Vikings gave up basically anything for him. So, I mean, it shows that they are not thrilled with what they're getting from Madison, but I don't think they're going to be thrilled with what they get out of Acres either. So I think it's going to be kind of just a lose-lose all around. Yep, I agree. I mean, at least it didn't cost them much as a Vikings fan. But, yeah, I I was never that on board with, with Madison to begin with. Uh, they re-signed him in the offseason, and it wasn't all that expensive, so I didn't really care. But if that's your, your RB1, that's not a good plan in my in my book, I, I prefer more explosive running backs. But all right, moving on. On today's show, we are reviewing week three of the college football season. And as a bonus, we are going to do a little bit of rookie talk because Mr. Matt Hicks could not do his podcast this week. So we want to make sure the listeners get a combo of Debbie and rookie. But before we get into today's show, I want to talk about the ridiculous value of being a rookie big board patron. Rookie Big Board patrons have access to the Dynasty Plus Devi Big Board and Consensus Crew Rankings, the 2024 Rookie Big Board, 2023 Seasonal Projections, and full access to the RBB Discord. You can join our growing community at patreon.com slash rookie big board for just $5 a month or save 15% with an annual subscription. That is cheaper than the cost to apply to college, as I'm learning with my second child. <laughs> so I already I'm relearning it, and that's any college pretty much. So just so everyone's aware, can't just apply anywhere. It costs you money. You know all those administrative fees. You can now try the Rookie Big Board for free. Click the link in the episode description to join the free version of our Discord. Get trade help, roster advice, and chop it up with our community at of over. 250 fantasy football sickos some quick college football news just jotting this down uh, nebraska running back gabe irvin out for the season as is iowa tight end true freshman luke is it lachey is that how it's pronounced? i think it was lacking but i don't really know i mean he's in iowa and as a gophers fan i think lackey is a great Way to pronounce it. I'm going to go with Shea. I don't know. I should know that. I apologize. But he's also out for the season. And then, unfortunately, a third injury news, Syracuse wide receiver tight end Orande Gadsden out for the season. So hitting on the Devi-related injuries, of course, we all know Travis Hunter dealing with an injury at Colorado, but not out for the season. So he will be back. All right. Let's get into... Reviewing the guys first, we're going to start with the positivity, the ones that are moving up our rankings. Matt's going to talk Debbie. I'm going to throw out rookies for each position, but let's get into Debbie first. Matt, who do you have? 
I've got Washington quarterback Michael Penix. He is just off to an absolute torrid start to the season. He is that is torrid with a T, not horrid with an H. He is killing it. And I had a question going into this week. Not that I didn't think he could do it, but you know, the level of competition has been pretty low. And now he's playing against the Big Ten defense in Michigan State. So I was curious to see how he would look. He had 375 yards and four touchdowns at halftime. Halftime. He is crushing it. He's an early Heisman candidate. He is just – he's got to be up there on draft boards. I can't imagine a guy that's this productive is not high on draft boards. I know he's a little older. I know he's got an injury history. He looks really good. The ball just flies out of his hand. He's making good decisions. He's so improved from, from early on in his college career. And I think he's got to be at least putting himself in the conversation for QB2 in the class. That's that's a bold take right there. And I think that will be interesting. We're going to talk about this quarterback class again later. But the interesting thing is everyone's talking about a deep class and a talented class. And we all know about Caleb Williams at the top. Most people have Drake may number two. After that, you've got just a glut of guys, Riley Leonard at Duke, your guy here, Michael Penix at Washington. Of course, there's Bo Nix at Oregon, who Dwight peoples is in love with now. JJ McCarthy at Michigan, Quinn Ewers at Texas. And then, Yeah, Shadur Sanders, Colorado is, you know, the talk of the town. And some people are really starting to like Sam Hartman at Notre Dame. I mean, it's it's an impressive list of guys, and it's going to be really fun for the next, you know, month and a half to two months to see how this plays out. What we're going to do in a future episode is talk about our rankings at quarterback and and really how how we've adjusted our our tiers and our rankings you know based on what we've seen this season we won't do it today but definitely coming in a future episode mm-hmm. i like it i like panic yeah, i mean guys like kj jefferson and Jaden daniels who have prototypical nfl size and the athleticism and gonna be really curious to see how the nfl views them i mean obviously they they profile as kind of less athletic anthony richardson's and we see what he's doing for fantasy right now I don't know that they'll get that kind of draft capital, but they're dark horses. They're guys that at least have some intriguing traits. So it's, it's a lot of names to, to monitor for sure. Yeah, and then you've got names from the past. Spencer Rattler, Jackson Dart, Tyler Van Dyke, Cam mm-hmm. Ward at Washington State. I mean, it's 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 a fun class to talk about. At at As far as rookies go, Anthony Richardson is fantasy gold. I mean, the guy is doing everything we hoped he would do from an athletic standpoint. We just need him to stay healthy. But the guy that I I have moving up more is CJ Stroud. And he is he's moving up more because Anthony Richardson was already high for me. So I want to make that clear. But CJ Stroud, you know, I liked him, but I, you know, there were more question marks, more concerns. And so far, and I know it's early, two games, he's looking the part for me. He looks legit. Mm. Yeah, I love C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud has actually been my QB1 throughout the process, even when it was pretty unpopular because Anthony Richardson became the consensus. Um, Now, it's really hard at this point, seeing what we've seen, to not have Anthony Richardson as QB1 in his class because for fantasy, I mean, at the end of the day – the name of the game is to score fantasy points. And he looks like he's doing that in his sleep. So 
CJ Stroud, though, got to be one of the best passing prospects we've seen in a while as just a pure quarterback. And he's got a little bit of mobility, too, when he needs it. He just looks like he's going to be a franchise quarterback for a long, long time. I feel very confident in that. And so I'm not surprised to see what I've been seeing out of CJ Stroud. Uh, and, you know, longevity, he's going to hold up probably a lot longer than Anthony Richardson. We've seen guys like Cam Newton with that play style that, you know, whereas other quarterbacks might go well into their 30s, you might see Anthony Richardson starting to break down 29, 30 years old. We'll see. Um, where Stroud could play a lot longer than that, but they're both, if you have either one of them in Dynasty, you're thrilled about it. Yep, 100%. Going into running backs, back to college, and Debbie, who do you got moving up? I've got Trevor Etienne, running back at Florida, uh, and he just looked incredible this weekend, playing against Tennessee. I mean, to go in there to take 23 carries against an SEC defense, go for 172 yards and a touchdown, and his the traits that he put on tape, just breaking off huge explosive runs, breaking people's ankles, just incredible lateral movement that I think is even better than his brother Travis at this point, uh, maybe a little less straight line speed, some contact balance for being a little guy. So he's always been a guy that has shown flashes, and I've been intrigued by him, but he's never taken a big workload. He has yet to have kind of a monster game like this. And, and he's a little undersized. And so he answered a lot of those questions in this one. I'm, I'm encouraged by this week and excited to see what he does the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. I, I think I have to go back and look. I think I ended up with one share during the non-point scoring season. And I, I wish I had more because he's he's looking the part for sure. And I think he has a chance to be maybe not tier one in the 2025 class, but right below that. So definitely somebody that can go, you know, early day two behind Singleton and Judkins. If those are everybody's top two in that class in NFL rookies, I've got a couple guys and I'm really just talking about guys that are again, moving up based on what I've seen. And of course, based on where I had them before, but Roshan Johnson with Chicago and Tajay Spears with Tennessee, they're, you know, they're not leading their backfield in touches yet, and it might take an injury for, for Spears, for, you know, Henry to go down. But I, when they touch the ball, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing. They look mm-hmm. explosive. They look comfortable. They, they look like they belong in an NFL backfield. They look like they should be getting, you know, more opportunities as they get, you know, more comfortable in the NFL. And I, I have no problem with teams that, that bring along rookies a little bit slowly, but so far, so good for both these guys. Yeah, I'm excited about what I've seen from them. I think Tajay, he's going to have some flex appeal this year just because he's in for the passing down work, but you're obviously going to have some weeks where he doesn't do much for you. Uh, but long-term, I mean, he looks like he has the potential to be the guy, the future for the Titans. And then Roshan, I mean, I already think he's better than Khalil Herbert. I feel like before the end of the season, that job's going to be his. So agree with those definitely risers. Yeah. I, I, I've always been a Cleo Herbert guy, but I just, I'm, I'm convinced he's not a, a bell cow guy. I mean, he's a, he's a 50, 50 split guy. I think at best, I think most teams would prefer him to be kind of that secondary change of pace guy. So yeah, Roshan Johnson definitely has the, has the NFL 
bell cow type build and style. And I think he can do that. If, if Chicago decides to go that route wide receiver college, you got a couple of names here The the first one's intriguing. I like this. Talk, talk to me about him. Yeah. So Missouri wide receiver, Luther burden on this show, skip and I both have expressed concerns about him. We've been a little lower on him than consensus for a guy with the five-star pedigree that um, has been consensus top two in his class. And even this off season, I saw a lot of people that said, Hey, I still have him over Evan Stewart. And that seemed crazy to me, honestly, given what they both showed last year as freshmen, I had questions about what can he do as a true wide receiver? Can he get beyond this gadgety stuff and taking rushing attempts and returning kicks? And can he actually be a volume wide receiver? And so far he has answered that question with a resounding yes. It's been an incredible start to his sophomore season. He is racking up the targets, racking up the catches, uh, beating guys deep downfield, and it's been a fantastic start for Luther Burden. Yeah, I, I like the change in what he's able to do. You know, last year averaging under eight and a half yards per reception. This year, almost at fifteen, so nearly doubling the the yards per reception. That's, that's huge. I mean, that, that tells you he's running different routes that the a dot's got to be significantly bigger. And that's what we like to see from a fantasy perspective. The second guy I've, I've really fallen in love with him more and more. And he, I'm going to put him right in that same category as, as Trevor ETN. I wish I had more of this guy. <laughs> yeah. You've been on him for a while. I've heard you tout this guy a number of times on the show, uh, but Malik neighbors, 13 catches, 239 yards, and two touchdowns. I was playing against him in a C2C league this week, and all game I was like, oh, again, again, really, another one? Like he was just – seemed like every time I checked the box score, he was breaking off another massive play. Uh, at, at halftime, I was like, can he be done now? Like it's already a blowout. Can you just can you sit him down? But he went off, and I think the wide receiver two battle – in this class behind Marvin Harrison Jr. is wide open, and Malik Neighbors definitely staked his claim this week. He was showing all the skills. He was running really crisp routes, creating tons of separation. When he wasn't open, he was going up and making contested catches in traffic. He was earning targets at a high rate. He was by far Jaden Daniels' go-to wide receiver, and there was nothing that the other team could do to stop him. I, I agree with the – you know, he, he is the guy that can be the wide receiver two in this class. You know, we were looking at a mock draft for 2024 right before this, and he was not listed in the first round. I'm telling you right now, people, he's a first round pick. He will mm -hmm. be a first round pick. He is exactly the kind of wide receiver that seems to be more and more popular than the NFL. The guys that just flat out get open and get a ton of targets. And it's great for the NFL teams. And it's great for fantasy football Love Malik Neighbors. I think that's a fantastic guy to say is moving up. Rookies, you, you can't talk wide receiver without talking Puka Nakua. I mean, this guy has been absolutely outstanding in his first two games, uh, obviously moving up. The question is, should be people be trading for him? If you have him, you likely spent a rookie third round, maybe even a fourth round pick. Mm -hmm. Should you be trading him and taking the the win taking the value now and i'm in the full full mode of i'm i'm buying in fact mm -hmm. i did it today in a league i i saw the trade bait and i immediately made an offer i knew it was going to get 
countered, but I tried to make a good offer. I offered, I think it was Rishi Rice and a second round pick for mm. him, and it got rejected and countered for just a flat out first. And I'll I'll add before I say yes, I accepted it was <laughs> it was it's an auction league, so it's not your traditional first round pick. It's it's tied to dollar amounts for an auction, so I think that changes the value a little bit. And my team is is good and actually fairly young in this league so far. And I was like, you know what? I need another, I need another asset. I need another guy that can score points. And it's not just a current move. I think this is going to be a dynasty play. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to, to put my money where my mouth is. I think he's, he's legit. And I don't think it's just because Cooper cup is out. I, I am of the firm belief that targets are not just given to players. Mm-hmm. They are earned. Absolutely. There's a reason why they're throwing on the ball a ton because he's constantly getting open and he's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. This is a guy that I was not high on and I have zero shares. It's very sad. <laughs> I've been trying to trade for him as well. And it's hard to acquire this guy right now. Uh, I would have been, I, I agree with you. If it's a, if you're a contending team and it's a late first, I'm very okay. Sending that at this point, which I can't believe that I'm saying two weeks into the season, uh, considering that I, I had the opportunity to take him, like you said, in the third and fourth round, and I never wanted to. Clearly, I missed on this guy something when I was watching his tape that I did not see, but I, I agree with you. When when you're earning 15 targets week one, 20 targets week two, you're torching this 49ers defense, that's not a fluke. And the last time that I felt this way about a guy, where I went back and I watched the tape, and I said, I still don't really see anything that jumps off the page. He's not breaking guys' ankles as a route runner. He's not running 10 yards open every play. Uh, he's he's not – it doesn't seem to be that fast. Like, what is it about this guy? But he's just reliable, and he's just earning targets. The last time I felt that way about a guy it was Amon Ra St. Brown. And I missed on that. I, I said, sell Amon Ra. I don't see anything special here. And I'm learning from that. I'm learning that it does not have to be sexy. If you are getting open and you're earning targets, that's going to continue to happen. And so I'm learning from my mistake. I did not buy Amon Ross St. Brown. I am buying Puka Nakua. I would gladly send a late first for him. I think an overpay today is going to look like an underpay tomorrow. I'm all aboard the Puka train. You brought up a great comparison there with, with Amon Ra. Nobody wanted to believe it because they kept holding on to draft capital. Well, he was only mm-hmm. drafted in the fourth round. He was only drafted in the fourth round. He's only getting targets because so-and-so is out and this guy is out. It's like, no, he's getting targets because he's really good. Mm-hmm. I think Pete, some people are out there. They're making the same comments about Puka because he was drafted in the fifth round, but people need to let that go. It's like, just stop. If in your point about a late first round pick and, and I'll ask everyone, you you you're gonna you're gonna rewind now back to your rookie draft, but you know exactly what you know today. But you're redoing your rookie drafts. At what point are people gonna start taking Nakua based on what they know now? And I'm telling you, it's the end of the first round. People that are there, they might not hit draft, but they're thinking about it. And there's no way he's getting past 201. I mean, mm-hmm. you start looking at the names, you're taking them. So that's that's why I wanted to bring them up because I think it's a hot topic. Uh, the other guy, well, I'm not going to get a late first for Amon Ra 
kind of coming off of his rookie season, that looks like an absolute steal right now. Like he's a top five dynasty wide receiver. So yes. Yeah. I, I love, I love Amon Ra and, and I'm not going to talk about details. I'm just saying this because I know we differ on Marvin Mims. He's coming. <laughs> he's coming. It's all I'm going to say. All right. Tight ends. We're not going to talk Debbie tight ends. There's just no one to get too excited about yet. We will in the future, but for now it's, it's too early, I think, but a couple tight ends that I have, Moving up, I'm going to use up in quotes on the first guy, Sam Laporta. I already was pretty high on him, so he's not really moving up, but he is proving to everyone that I think he's he's the real deal, and they're going to use him. the The guy that I have moving up, I was not as high on. I was I had some concerns. Luke Musgrave with the Green Bay Packers, clearly the the tight end to own there out of the two guys they drafted. Unfortunately for me, because I was all over Kraft in a couple spots, but. <laughs> Musgrave just looks like the guy. And I think people that invested in him are going to really be happy with that, with that decision. Yeah. It's rare to see so many rookie tight ends that are already like every down players for their team and already producing. And uh, I mean, between these two guys and Kincaid, you're, you're, you got a lot of those in this class. It's looking really strong and Musgrave has not, popped out in the box score yet. So I think there's still a buy window on Musgrave, but he he's an every down player. He looks really fluid uh, in and out of his cuts. He's had a couple of plays where he got wide open and, and Jordan Love missed him and it would have been a touchdown. So I think there's a buy window here. People do not, not everybody realizes yet how good Luke Musgrave is going to be. Yep. I like it. All right. We're going to discuss the players who haven't been looking so good, might be moving down our rankings in just a minute, but first I want to make sure you know that the rookie big board is now partnered with underdog fantasy football. This is the best app for fantasy contests. You can join drafts for just $3 and gain a real understanding of seasonal ADP trends. It's like mock drafting, but something on the line. You can also play pick them where you pick over unders on all the different various stats you can imagine it's a lot of fun. Uh, that's where I've been using underdog the most. I enjoy that thoroughly. So huge recommendation for that as well. Of course, the entire RBB crew is drafting an underdog very frequently. You can join us using the promo code RBB. It will get a 100% match on your first deposit and help us grow. As we go to the players, maybe not looking so good or moving down. We're going to go right back to that 2024 quarterback class matt we teased it earlier who do you want to bring up now drake may uh and i'm gonna sound like a hater everybody's gonna call me a <laughs> hater um i'm an nc state fan okay i admit it i don't love drake may but i'm not a hater and i was watching the game and he threw two really bad interceptions against minnesota that just just head scratchers that's four interceptions now through three games in the season um, not a good pace that you want to be on. I mean, against App State the week before, he threw for about 200 yards, no touchdowns in an overtime game against App State. So at some point, if you really think this guy is going to be a top five NFL draft pick, you want to see him dominate on the college level, especially against this low-level competition. I had questions coming into this year about new offensive coordinator, no Josh Downs, lots of change. Is he going to continue to put up the video game numbers from last year? So far, the answer is no. Um, I came out here week one and said he looked pretty good against South Carolina, and I came away impressed. But it's been down in the two weeks since then, and 
to be clear, he is still my QB2. He put up over 400 yards this week and two touchdowns to go along with those two picks. But I don't think it's a clear, locked and loaded, clear cut. This guy's a top five pick. He's easily the QB2. Like I think it's a wide open competition for QB2 at this point. And with all these other guys that are absolutely showing out, I think Drake May needs to step it up. Yeah, yeah. We talked about the the huge list of, of guys behind Caleb Williams, so we won't revisit that list, but it is definitely worth mentioning that other guys in the class are looking better. You know, look no further than the aforementioned Shadir Sanders. I mean, that guy is absolutely lighting it up, and it's not just the stats. He looks the part. When you watch him, mm-hmm. you know, throw from different angles and make plays, he looks legit. And it's it's gonna it's gonna move a guy like Drake May down draft boards in the NFL. So I think that's a great a great observation there. On the NFL rookie side, for me, it's it's Bryce Young. I'm concerned, and I know it's just two games, but boy, it just seemed like he's forcing passes to guys that that aren't open. And I get it. He does not have a lot to work with in his wide receiver core. It's it's slim pickings there, and that's a concern because you want to give your rookie quarterback options. So that's probably a a obvious play that that Carolina needs to make in the offseason. However, they don't have a first round pick, so they traded that to get him. So they're going to have to rely on free agency or somebody on day two or moving up into the first round. So that's, you know, something to keep in mind, but Bryce young has me concerned. Yeah. So I'm a Panthers fan and obviously have watched every snap that Bryce young has taken so far. I'm not as worried about him. Not only have the receivers been terrible, but they've had a bottom five offensive line in the league so far through the first couple weeks, he's been under pressure constantly so between being under pressure and your first read is never open it's just very very hard to succeed that way Um, I've been happy with what he's been able to do with his legs and kind of escapability and and showing some rushing upside a little bit and when he has had time in the pocket and guys have been open I think he's hit him and he's thrown an accurate ball Um, he looks poised he doesn't look rattled despite all this as a dynasty asset, like if you're on a contending team and you were hoping for production from him, that does not look like it's going to happen this year. The offense is a total dumpster fire. Long term, I'm not hitting the panic button on Bryce Young yet. Okay, so maybe a, a buy low candidate near the end of the season. You know, if you're if you're looking to acquire somebody, if your league has a trade deadline, maybe uh, maybe if a contender does have him. They might be looking to to move Bryce Young for a win now piece. So, yeah, like if that. you're rebuilding, like, like he's not going to score you a ton of points to hurt your draft pick this year. And yeah, for and sure. I, I think long term, I mean, he's got plenty of job security as the number one pick, and I don't think he's a bad football player by any means. So, okay, all right, I like that. So we'll have to keep an eye on that as well. Back to running back and back to guys that were a little concerned about. Who do you have? I've got Braylon Allen, and uh, this was funny. So I tweeted, it's like most of the way through the third quarter of this game against Georgia Southern, 
and he had four carries for 16 yards. He was being outtouched again by Ches Malusi, who is clearly the 1A in that running back room right now. Nobody wants to admit it. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody saw it coming. Ches Malusi is the 1A in that running back room. And so I tweeted, at this point, if you're not concerned about Braylon Allen, you're kidding yourself. Well, the very next drive after I tweeted that, he scored a touchdown, and he actually ended the game with 98 yards and two scores. So if people in your league are just box score watching, they're not going to be concerned about him. In fact, they're going to be excited. Oh, look at all these receptions he's getting. How many yards is he getting on those receptions? I mean, you're talking about six catches for 15 yards and these ridiculous stat lines. Like He's not getting anything after the catch because he's slow and he's immobile and he can't get away from anybody. He runs upright. He doesn't break as many tackles as he should for being as big as he is. I'm not sure what people really see in this guy. I don't think he's as good as advertised. And I would be trying to sell while people are still seeing that 98 yards, two touchdowns. And, oh, he catches passes now too. Like, I'm trying to cash out on Braylon Allen right now. I'm very concerned about him. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. It's it's less than three yards per reception right now. So 2.8. That is not good. That is not going to get you a lot of targets in the NFL. Going into the NFL rookies, and I mentioned this before, there's just a lot of a lot of guys that you know they're bringing along slowly or they're not getting their opportunity. And that doesn't mean I'm out on him, but I am, I am a little worried, you know, is he a Banacanda? I mean, basically once they, the jets signed Delvin cook that, that made it really tough for him to show us anything, but you know, he's getting zero usage. And so his, his ranking just has to drop. I mean, you can't be excited about him when he's not even sniffing the, the football at all. And more importantly, another guy that I'm going to mention is a guy that we're both high on, and I, I'm not out on him. But Tank Bigsby, you know, he he fumbled in the preseason. He fumbled in game one. He did yeah, not touch good. the ball in game two. And that's the part that I'm worried about is he goes from scoring a touchdown and being, you know, maybe just initial a little bit of action. But I'm worried, you know, is he, is he in the doghouse? And now he's going to have to struggle to get out of it because I, I really do like his game. But man, you, you got to hold on to the football in the NFL or you're going to be done. Yeah, I'd, a fumble problem for a rookie is going to get you in the doghouse so fast. So he needs to clean that up. There's a lot of talent there. I still think I, – I was hoping definitely for more of a workload split. I was expecting more of a workload split between him and ETN. And maybe the fumbling is why that hasn't happened because they did invest the day two pick in him although so did the Seahawks and they're not using Charbonnet either. So I think I, I'm optimistic that as the year goes on, we will see more of Tank, assuming that he cleans up the fumble issue. And then obviously still if ETN goes down, he's got massive upside as a handcuff right now. But I would agree with you. He's shown me less coming into the year than I hoped that he would. Yeah, I did I did not list Zach Charbonnet here because I think it's only a matter of time before he starts mm-hmm. getting more opportunity. I think they're just they're just bringing him along slowly, so I'm not I'm not worried about him yet. Uh wide receivers, who who are you down? Who's who's moving down the list? This one is hard for me to say, but Barry on Brown. I love Barry on Brown, but 
I mean, I think he had one reception for one yard this week, something like that. And it just hasn't been a great start to the year for him. Um, I was hoping to see him more involved as a receiver this year. A lot of the similar things that I said about Luther Burden, um, being electric with the ball in his hands, but what is he going to do? Is he going to start to rack up the catches, catch it more downfield, run routes? So far, he just has not shown it. He The most receptions he did have last week against Eastern Ken- Kentucky, I believe it was. He had six catches for 51 yards and a touchdown. Um, but outside of that, I think he's been having one catch, two catch, three catch games. That's just not what I wanted to see from him. Like I, I don't, I haven't seen the development as a true wide receiver that I wanted to see from him. And at some point, like if we want him to be a fantasy asset on our NFL teams, we need more than a return specialist. So here's to hoping we get more from Barry on Brown in the future. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I was also high on him. So hopefully things can turn around and he's, you know, 2025, eligible so there's time but you want to see some growth you want to see some development especially with other guys in his class showing out every single week i mean you got evan stewart looks like a stud every time he steps on the field luther burden is looking like a stud every time he steps on the field ted mcmillan is looking like a stud every time he steps on the field and barry on brown i had in a tier with ted mcmillan and luther burden and they're running away from him leaving him in the dust so it's discouraging yeah absolutely for the NFL rookies, I put Cedric Tillman at at Cleveland. I mean, he another guy, he's doing nothing, and I don't feel like there's this awesome talent there that he's really fighting. I mean, yeah, they've, they've still got a couple of decent guys. Amara Cooper's still good. But, again, to not even get an opportunity at all tells me something that, that he's not – He's not giving, he's not giving them reason to, to give him opportunity. And again, that's, mm-hmm. that's a concerning thing for me. The, the other part of it is, is just, you know, that, that office, their offense is so bad and it's, it's really hard to watch. It's going to be even harder to watch now without Nick Chubb. Mm. So man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm concerned. That's big time for, for Tillman. I, I hope that the people that have him, he, he does something coming up but yeah he's he's really just a a non-factor for me completely right now yeah I think the plan was always for him to sit behind Donovan Peoples-Jones for a year and then they're gonna let him walk and Tillman's gonna take that role next year Um, so I'm not overly overly concerned he did show some flashes in the preseason and I never really expected a ton out of Tillman this year but yeah you're right he's done nothing so and finally, at tight end, Michael Mayer, the Devi guy for years, pretty much from from day one, and he's been a ghost. And we we talked about this a few weeks ago. At some point, I don't remember the episode, but we talked about how there's been like no hype mm-hmm. or any news of any kind on Mayer, and it and there still isn't. It's like, where is this guy? Why is he not? doing anything i'm really surprised i thought i thought he was going to be more like laporta where he would he would get in right away that he had the skill set to be a contributor from day one 
at tight end in the NFL, but man, it's, it's been a complete and total ghost town from Michael Mayer. Yeah. And I think he's actually played a decent number of snaps, but he's not getting targeted, which tells me he's being used as a blocker, which is what we were afraid of with Michael Mayer to begin with. So, I mean, he played 50% of the snaps in week one, 40% in week two, but he's got one target through two weeks. So when he, he is it. in the game, At least he caught it. <laughs> so when he when he is in the game, he's being used as a blocker. Um, he's slow. We knew this. Um, I think I expected more from him than I've seen, but I didn't expect much. He was behind, clearly for me, behind Laporta, behind Musgrave, and behind Kincaid, and he looks like light years behind them. Yeah. And he's, and he's blocking for Josh Jacobs, who's averaging less than two yards a carry. So that's, and they haven't sounds like and they have nobody else at tight end. Like there should be a clear path for him, but yeah, exactly. All right. Really quick. Can I wrap this sucker up? We're going a little bit long, but just some, some guys I noted for this weekend's college football slate. It's going to be awesome. There's a, a fantastic Saturday ahead for everybody. Florida State at Clemson. I mean, Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, Jaheim Bell, Cade Klubnick, Will Shipley, Phil Moffa, Bo Collins, Antonio Williams. I would love to see Adam Randall get some more opportunity. Lots of guys there. Colorado, of, of course you want to watch more Shadir Sanders. I, I just think he's worth continuously watching. Mm-hmm. A, because he's fun to watch. And B, just you know start thinking, okay, do these, do these traits, do these things that we're seeing will that translate to NFL at Oregon, Bo Nix, Bucky Irving, Troy Franklin, big names there. Travis UCLA. plays Xavier worthy might be putting or not worthy. Xavier Weaver might be putting himself on the Debbie map a little bit wide receiver for, for Colorado. So definitely. Yeah. That should be fireworks for sure. Yeah. It's going to be a, a fantastic game. UCLA at Utah. I've just got a couple of guys. We've talked about them before. Dante Moore, Jay Michael Sturdivant, I think you know worth watching against a good Utah team. Jackson on the other side of the ball. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. There. Ole Miss. You know Jackson Dart. I think is still intriguing. We'll, we'll see. You never know. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins and and Michael Trigg hasn't gotten a ton <laughs> of targets, but he's got the athleticism. So you never uh, know. Hope him. He's actually only starting because their starter Caden Priestcorn has been hurt. And yep. he's not even doing anything with his brief opportunity. And I think he's going to be replaced in a couple of weeks. So I've actually got priest corn in like three of my four campus to Canton leagues. I picked him up late in mm-hmm. supplemental drafts last year and he was awesome. I was like, nice. That worked out really well. Of course, Ole Miss playing Alabama. And interestingly enough, Roydell Williams is starting to pop on people's radars again. I remember liking this guy years ago. <laughs> And then he just disappeared as can happen in a crowded and talented Alabama mm-hmm. room. But now all of a sudden here he is and you got Jace McClellan, you got bond Isaiah bond as well. <laughs> so, so yeah. some Debbie names to, to keep track of, of course, Alabama's offense has been kind of an S show. So they do not, they do not have a quarterback. They've no. tried three of them and all three have been a dumpster fire. That's it's looking bad for Alabama right now. And I just wonder how is that possible? 
Like, right? Come on, guys. You get the best players every year. How is that possible? It's, it's mind-boggling. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you have not already, do us a favor and leave a five-star review on whichever podcast app you are using. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss any of the RBB action. We will talk to you next week. Have an awesome weekend of college and NFL football. Take care, everyone.